Today's episode is what we refer to as a pro episode because we are joined by a trained mental health professional who works in the area with teenagers, young adults, and adults. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Joey. And from Circle O Productions, this is Crossroads of Divorce. Today, we're joined by Dr. Will Adams of Adams Psychology. Dr. Adams has a two-decade career in working with individuals. He's been committed to assisting individuals and family in breaking the cycle to attain positive transformation. This approach is rooted in the importance of aligning true feelings with actions, the harmonizing of the inner experiences with outward behavior. Dr. Adams believes leads to living a more authentic life that results in personal growth and healthier well-being. So Dr. Adams, start right there. Why do you put such an emphasis on the alignment of our inner thoughts and our outward experiences? Well, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, You said it better than I probably could have said (laughs) it myself. Um, That is actually, you know, it's a really important piece The key, though, is we have to do a lot of work Mm -hmm. before we get to that point, okay? Um, You know, people come in with a great deal of distress, something's bothering them, family relationship issues, whatever. Right. And if you come out of the gates and say, we want to live an authentic life, that doesn't really register necessarily, (laughs) right? right? Yep. So that is sort of almost, I wouldn't say the final step, but it is one of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're trying to get. That's where we're trying to get to. Okay. And oftentimes people will say, well, I never dreamed this is where I'd be after multiple sessions or what have you. Right. Um, The foundation to get there is understanding and identifying one's feelings. Mm. And that sounds easier said than done. But Mm. it's lots of layers to get there. Lots of layers. And oftentimes when we're hurting, we don't really know how we're hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We think we know what we're feeling. And oftentimes it's coming across as anger or frustration. Right. And in kids or teenagers, rather, you hear the word annoyed mm-hmm. often. <laughs> I'm annoyed. That's kind of the, the new word. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think it's important for them to understand what that really means and where that's coming from. Mm. Right. Well, that identification of feelings, Priscilla and I, Uh, joke about this but it's the truth like here we are these adults have children and yet it is so hard to to uh actually get down like let's say i'm frustrated Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of barking at her or i'm doing something that is exhibiting this frustrated behavior it's so hard to back up and go okay why am i frustrated kind of well Mm -hmm. the natural thing is is that you didn't do this or whatever but there's really something below that right and Mm -hmm. that's what you're trying to get to yeah there's a classic image that us therapists know about um it's called the anger iceberg i've never heard of it yeah and so I like to use the image of the Titanic and Mm -hmm. what sunk the Titanic was the captain really didn't appreciate or recognize what was underneath the surface. Right. And in people, typically what we see above the surface is anger or frustration, to Mm -hmm. use a more polite word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And we see the behaviors associated with anger where people tend to kind of harm themselves and or harm others. Mm -hmm. And in terms of harming yourself, you can probably think about some of the traditional ways where we think of addiction, drug and alcohol abuse, that kind of stuff. But they're really Mm -hmm. more subtle ways where we can disassociate, Mm -hmm. or that's a fancy word for spacing out Mm -hmm. and kind of checking out. Yeah. Um, Pretending you're someone you're not. That's right. And also, you know, our phones come in handy. Right. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. to check out and escape. Mm -hmm. And that's a, you know, too much of anything could be unhealthy, right? Right. So if we're looking at our phones all the time, we're really escaping. Right. Okay. And Mm -hmm. we are sort of honoring that anger in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. We're not really dealing with it. And oftentimes we can eat too much, eat too little, sleep too much, sleep too little. These are all sort of self-harm right. behaviors, okay? Right. Maybe um, we're just not as motivated as we mm-hmm. once were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's above the surface. And then on the other side, you know, you harm others by, you can be as subtle as being passive aggressive. You can be obviously verbally abusive, but you could, mm-hmm. you know, extremes or lying and cheating and stealing and all that good stuff. Right. But again, those are all behaviors. That's right. what we see above the surface. Mm-hmm. And underneath the surface typically are, you know, feelings like disappointment, sadness, um, other feelings related to the big word and the simple word is hurt. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hurt really kind of summarizes it all. Right. And so the hurt is the primary emotion and mm-hmm. anger is a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. So when you see people frustrated around town or, um, you know, road rage, if you will. Right. That's there's really, something there's, That's really fear or a violation of someone's space. Mm-hmm. And so they feel hurt and they lash out with anger. Right. right. And honking in the horns and all that. But really what the underneath it is concern and fear and hurt. Mm-hmm. And so it's helpful for people to understand just that basic concept. Right. Because if you understand where it's coming from, then you can address it. Right. And also what tends to happen, um, and this ties into trying to break the cycle, so to speak, yep. mm-hmm. um, with an individual is they take that hurt, they do things out of character above the surface, and then they feel guilt and shame. Right. Mm. And then it you just get, piles on. And then you get stuck in a loop. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're hurt. You do things out of character, feel guilt and shame. And then over a long period of time you can start to feel pretty low about Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. You can feel a little hopeless, a little worthless at times. And that's kind of a scary place to be. Right. Because if you feel worthless, do you really care about the consequences at that point? No. Not so much, right? (laughs) Right. So that's something we have to address. And then, you know, there are other layers where sometimes people can feel like a burden. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty scary place to be. Right. So, you know, I'll I'll turn it back on you guys. If someone feels like a burden or, or if something is a burden, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. What would you do with a burden? Get rid of Get it. Get rid of Get it. Get rid yeah. of it. And unfortunately, <laughs> people can have thoughts of removing themselves. Themselves, mm-hmm. right. And that's where those thoughts come from, typically, is because they're hurting so much. Mm-hmm. So it's just greatly misunderstood. And, and, and that's an extreme, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I want people to understand what they're feeling, ultimately, to come back to um, what's important. And so they can make a healthy choice because how are you supposed to make a healthy choice if you don't know how you honestly feel? Yeah. Right. It's hard. You're kind of guessing. Yeah. So. Well, that, no, that's great. And I tell you, that's, (laughs) we could probably just sit there and do an hour on that right there. Uh uh The importance of it Um, with us focusing more on 
families, divorce, sure, and and that type thing. You know, you often have a ton of animosity between spouses, mm-hmm. and 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 the tension. And so, you have a lot of experience with adolescents that are in a family setting where mm-hmm. where mom and dad. Uh, the, the kids living in this tension and this anxiety. Um, and so uh, let's kind of move toward that. If you don't mind, yeah, yeah. How, how do you do that? If you're, if you're an adult and you're in this situation and um, you know, how do you kind of lower that Stress atmosphere? Level. Yeah. Right, for right. your, for your child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a research out there that shows that children of divorce um, when, when parents get divorced, mm-hmm. it's the tension that's the issue. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the disagreements. It's the animosity. When they're married, mm-hmm. there's that issue. Right. Okay. And certainly it becomes great enough to get a divorce, right? right. For mm-hmm. different reasons. Sure. But if you don't remove the tension and the animosity and you just get divorced, the child still suffers. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the act of getting divorced and separated. Mm-hmm. The tension must be reduced as well mm-hmm. in order for it to actually benefit the family as a whole. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what I often see is parents get divorced and, you know, that's difficult and traumatic in its own right, right. for the parents and, and the relationship. And yet what's not really resolved is the loss and the grief. Mm-hmm. of the relationship mm-hmm. we're not really recognizing what that loss and what we even thought the relationship would be and so if we don't address the hurt in the relationship and the separation the animosity the hurt will rise to the surface to come full circle a little bit mm-hmm. and show itself in those relationships and and it really really hurts the child when they hear the animosity, even through the divorce, when one parent talks negatively about another parent, right. that can cause a great divide. Mm. Right. Yeah. And the child doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And the child lives in uncertainty about, well, I just had this relationship. I just had this encounter. We went to dinner or whatever, and they seem fine. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and, you know, there's all these questions or, right. or opinions about Um, perhaps even that exchange or just in general about the person that they call mom or dad. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And I've heard it said that, um, you know, parents get divorced, but kids don't. Mm. Right. They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're not divorcing a parent, but yet you often have parties that are really can be really at odds. I would say that in our situation of the people we work with there's probably a quarter of the people that are pretty friendly Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. seem to work okay together right but the majority of them are really there's a lot of tension (laughs) from some tension to a lot of tension right Mm -hmm. right and so i guess just practically like you mentioned just not talking about the other person but how would you guide people that are that are there in this place right now well and, and that's where I come back to feelings, okay? And certainly, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a concept by Susan David, PhD, Harvard professor, concept called emotional agility, okay? It's mm-hmm. similar to emotion-focused therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy. These are known um, empirically-based approaches. But she simplifies it, in my opinion, to three steps. Mm-hmm. 
You must label and identify how you feel. Mm-hmm. That is step one. Mm-hmm. That's a lot easier said than done. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's a big yeah. step. And, you know. Might need the feelings cl- chart. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Clients will laugh and, and they'll say, what is this thing? And, and um, you know, I say, and I sound like Yoda when I say this, feelings are neither good nor bad. They just are. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I get that from her philosophy is ac- accepting what the feelings are. People try and control their feelings often, mm-hmm. and that actually can make it worse versus accepting what they are. Mm-hmm. I've also heard it said that feelings are just data points. Okay. They don't necessarily have to define you, but you do not, you do want to be aware of them. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so that takes work. Mm-hmm. That takes practice. So mm-hmm. if that's step one, step two is actually being patient with yourself, mm-hmm. practicing, identifying how you actually feel. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I will find, you know, clients will often be relieved that they're able to express and identify how they feel. They're yeah. also um, a little surprised that they have all these feelings in one very moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it can be a little overwhelming. Sure. And it also can be humanizing. Yeah. For them to understand, you know, I do have all this. There's a reason I'm feeling this way. Right. And then step three is what do you do about it? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, that takes work in its own right. And, and you can't jump to step three, mm-hmm. but you ultimately want to live your values. Okay. Mm-hmm. Based right. upon how you honestly feel. Mm-hmm. So to your point about the example of how do you handle that animosity, if you will, and disparaging comments and, and what the, you know, related to one parent to another, I don't think any parent who's divorced or anybody likes to talk ill of others. Mm-hmm. That's not their go-to. They probably feel some guilt and shame about it afterwards. They probably wish they didn't have those concerns anyway, right? right. Mm-hmm. So it's important for each person to identify how they're honestly feeling in that relationship, mm-hmm. um, you know, what they've lost, where they are now, um, how they're experiencing the moment, and then you can decide what you want to do with those feelings in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it doesn't mean you can't feel sad. doesn't mean you can't feel uh, resentment. You're allowed sure. to feel those things. Right. And actually you need to honor them, yeah. but in a healthy those, way and not Those are natural, child. right? Those are absolutely natural. And how could you not be feeling some of those things? Right. Right. Know? Yeah. Something's wrong with you if yeah. you don't feel those things. Yeah. And another phrase that, that this reminds me of is, and I saw it, um, you know, it's become more popular. It's, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And that sounds catchy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it's really true. Mm-hmm. And we really have a hard time embracing that. Right. Because we're told and we're often raised to keep it together, sure. suck it up, get yeah. over it. Right. You know, right. Um, time will heal all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And to some extent time does help. But the reality is you need to accept that you're not okay sometimes, that you're hurting, you're feeling, you're feeling all sorts of things. Right. And it's acceptable. And to give someone a little bit of what I call grace and space to be able to feel wherever they are Mm -hmm. and accept where they are, because by accepting how you feel, you can actually let it go. Mm -hmm. It's when we control it is when it gets a a little more difficult. So Mm -hmm. anyway, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And that is a hard concept for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably and, really hard now for teenagers with social media. Everything looks great. That's and a great why point. Why do I feel awful? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mm-hmm. pretend that I feel good. Then you really 
eventually you train yourself not to feel anything. Yeah, because every time you turn on Instagram or social media, everybody's happy. Everybody's at the beach. Everybody's mm-hmm. on, you know, making all these uh, wonderful grades or uh, sports rewards and accolades and right. all that is, you know, people don't post the hard stuff, right? <laughs> you know, let me um, post a thing of my parents fighting. That's right. That's right. I mean, it might it might be more interesting. Right. It, it might yeah. get more clicks. But, right. Um, typically, people don't do that. Yeah. Right. And so it creates uh, a lack of authenticity mm-hmm. and this facade that mm-hmm. everything's okay when it's not. Right. And we need to appreciate. Um, all of our feelings for that matter. And when things get uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. um, people need to have to recognize and honor that those feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that's really interesting because I love things uh, boiled down simple. I'm kind of that Mm -hmm. kiss (laughs) method person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so you, what was her name? Day? Is that Susan Dr. David? Susan, Susan David, David. Mm-hmm. and oh. she's done some podcasts actually with uh, Brene Brown, who's yep. who's well recognized, right? And, yeah, and uh, Brene obviously talks about vulnerability and the power of vulnerability and the connections and you know um, getting a sense of worthiness. And I, you know, from my standpoint, Susan David takes it to an emotional level of recognizing how you feel and honoring that vulnerability based upon how you feel. Mm-hmm. which is really hard. And, and to your point, I like simple things too. And yet the most simple things can be the most challenging to actually do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, scary to kind of go there, to really dig deep to what, why you're hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just mm-hmm. easy to just kind of yell at somebody and then kind of be over it, yeah. you know, and not have to really acknowledge why that is. Yeah. And it's... um it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not really encouraged to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We're again, we're told to kind of suck it up, suck it up yep. or, or good, fine and OK. You know, mm-hmm. those are words we use all the time. And I call mm-hmm. them four letter words because, <laughs> you know, they're protective mechanisms they're shields for right. how we really feel. Right. You know? And yet, you know, and I, I understand you can't go around, you know, at the office sharing, how, pulling out your feelings. We all the time. But you do want to be aware of how you're actually feeling, Mm -hmm. okay? And and that takes work. We have to expand our emotional vocabulary. And, you know, this is a process. Mm -hmm. There is, let me, you know, the good news and the bad news is is there's no finish line here. Mm -hmm. And to some that can feel comforting that, okay, you know, it's just going to be, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. And others, you know, they want to start, stop. But that's not really how life works. Right, mm-hmm. right. It is a process. Mm-hmm. And we often say, you know, it's not about perfection, but it's just about making progress. Yeah. It's every day. One just step one step at a time. Yep. One step at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I appreciate the way you have broken that down so simply, and especially for parents, because I do think most parents want the best for their children. Mm-hmm. And yet they're in a this high tension situation with another, with, with someone that, they used to trust that now is attacking them or is belittling them or, or whatever. And maybe the other person's saying all kinds of things to the kid. And yet the one spouse is or ex spouse is trying to take the high road. And, and so I really like what you're saying. I've heard Brent Stenberg say, kind of sit the road, Mm, kind mm -hmm. of settle into your feelings a little bit. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. but that's, that's really hard to do. Um, a couple of, I mean, and, and this is a little bit of a leading question into your mm-hmm, profession, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming for most people, because I don't think most of us 
analyze our feelings. Uh Mm -hmm. I don't Uh think very many people drill down. Uh And so how do you really start doing that? I mean, I'm assuming Uh meeting with a professional like yourself is a great place to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and just hearing you describe that, it it does sound simple, right? Mm -hmm. It does sound like, well, you know, does it take a doctorate to understand your feelings? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, not necessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. What it takes is a whole bunch of courage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of people are unwilling um, to look at themselves. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. hard. And I tell anybody if you're interested in improving your life, then consider therapy no matter where you are in your life. Right. But, but it takes a lot of courage to show up. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. does and say, hey, you know, this is where I am. And people, ha- in order to identify how you actually feel, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. Right. And not only with yourself, but in, in my case, with the therapist. Right. right. And mm-hmm. then you have to take it out into the world and mm-hmm. really share how you feel. Mm-hmm. And the catch with that is there's no guarantee your feelings are going to be received. Mm-hmm. Right. You cannot control how what a, somebody else is going to react to exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a risk. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've really got to get comfortable with where you are. That's regardless right. of outcomes. Yes, mm-hmm. you really, and it's actually not, you, you don't do it so that they change their behaviors. Now, yeah. we would all hope that everyone would change sure. your, their behaviors right. based upon how you feel, <laughs> right? It doesn't really work that way. Right. Um, you do it because what I call you got to get the trash out, mm-hmm. okay? If we don't empty the trash, it gets a little rotten, mm-hmm. okay? And that those that trash is basically the buildup of years of feelings mm-hmm. that have not been honored mm-hmm. or processed or journaled or whatever, however right. exercised. Yeah. And so we have to be willing to look at it and empty the trash because mm-hmm. if we don't, we get a little squirrely up in our mind. And again, that gets back to doing things a little bit out of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to answer your question in a nutshell, you really, really have to be courageous to mm-hmm. be willing to be honest mm-hmm. and the feeling in the feelings wheel, if you will, it's just a tool to pull it out. Right. Um, but the reason I also use the feelings wheel as one tool is it shows that we are complex. There's mm-hmm. a duality to our life mm-hmm. that oftentimes when we're hurt, things become either good or bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, they become black or white and yeah. we become Things get very divisive, mm-hmm. and you could kind of argue our country's a little bit like that to some extent. Yeah. Right. Um, versus actually recognizing the complexity of the human nature that, you know, for example, um, a child might be feeling great sadness about the divorce, but they also might be feeling some relief. Right. You know, and I'm not trying to put those feelings on anybody, but you're allowed to feel different things right. and yeah. honor them. Yes. Versus, you know, um, I'm living here because mom did this or or dad is bad, mom is good, whatever. And you're really not seeing the relationship and the complexity of it and Mm -hmm. really trying to understand the situation or the parents feeling that way about the other person. You know, the reality is you have years together, typically, Mm -hmm. and um, there was something good about it. There right. are elements that were sure. good about that person or you wouldn't have right. been together. Right. right? Yeah. So, you know, we have to be willing to look at the complexity of, of the emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I love your analogy of 
taking the trash out because it builds up <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just like in your own house you don't want a bunch of trash sitting there and so you've got That's right. to take it out to, yeah. to get rid of it mm-hmm. subscribe and follow our podcast on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on instagram at crossroads of divorce Thank you.